Yo, 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 hey, 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 what is the deal? We are back with another episode of Dialogue Heavy with yours truly, Michael Anthony motherfucking McMillan. Yo, so I want to give you guys a quick update on what's been going on since my last episode, Lillian Rose. Um, that movie has been shot um, for unforeseen or unthought of circumstances. I'm not sure if that movie will ever come out, but... It's all good. It is what it is. And um, I wasn't in charge of that production, unfortunately. But, 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 the episode that I recorded on, on here before this was called 18. Now, that script that I wrote, I have written a new script since. And it has the same character names, but it does not have the same plot. Everything has changed. Some elements are the same, but for the most part, the whole situation has changed. Um, I'm looking to shoot that 18. I'm looking to shoot that in the first quarter of 2022. We will see how that goes because funding is hard at the moment and uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, in a perfect world, we will shoot that in the first quarter of 2022 and uh, get into the film festivals in the uh, next year and uh, win a couple and, you know, do all that good stuff. So that's that. Um, besides that, I have been writing small little shorts here and there. Nothing too crazy besides the, the new version of 18. Um, but <clears throat> I asked my wife after a while of running out of premises, I asked her, um, hey, give me a premise. Any premises, give me a premise and I'll write because I was, you know, I needed something to do. And we were taking pictures. Oh, another thing. We got a new baby. Congratulations to us on June 17th, 2021. A little gentleman named, named Miles Moreno McMillan. And uh, um, before he was born, we took maternity pictures and it was on a beach. And that was the day that I asked her about the premise. And she said, hey, uh, I guess do murder on Laguna Beach. Now, that's not much of a premise. That's just like a title. But, um, um, you know, being who I am, I took something from it. And uh, we got us a little story here called Murder on Laguna Beach. So without further ado, I've taken enough of your time. Let's get to the motherfucking story. Okay, what a deep breath. Murder on Laguna Beach written and recited by Mr. Michael Anthony McMillan. Here we go. As I stand over my former bully, John's dead body, holding the bloody blade I used to separate him from his intestines and other internal organs, I wonder just how we got to this place. Would you shut up, please? I scream at the nearly naked and bloody bombshell, blonde bombshell named Terry from my Japanese studies class that John was fucking when I, when I plunged my knife into him. I'm trying to concentrate. She shuts her mouth momentarily while scurrying over to her bra, never taking her eyes off of me. I suspect she's terrified. One second, she's enjoying a blissful sexcapade with the hottest, most popular athlete in school, and the next, she's choking on the blood he coughed into her mouth after I punctured him. The first time. 
10 minutes ago, I stood in the dark atop a cliff, staring at all the future losers of the next generation. Rich kids, pompous kids, who come from pompous parents with unlimited funds, who spoil them rotten, who spoil them rotten, giving them everything they ask and probably didn't even need to ask for. As I watched these drunk buffoons dance around the fire pit, on the sand near the water, I prayed to the water gods that the Loch Ness monster or Swamp Thing himself would would lurk its way out of the ocean and rip them all to shreds one by one. So I waited and waited some more until I decided if God wouldn't answer my very deserving prayer, I'd give him the night off and play God myself. I reached into my back pocket and pulled out my blade. It is beautiful. It's a beaut, I tell you, and sharp. Damn, is it sharp. With a serrated backside to yank out the guts of anything that it sinks itself into. I think the grip is made out of pigskin. It's a, it's a pigskin handle as well. Yep, I thought that was weird too. And I told the salesman at the local hunter shop that, but he just shrugged at me. So I did the same. I made my purchase and left the, left the twiddle. I left with my blade in between my fingers and stalked my prey wondering to myself just how I was going to kill him. When John did me the favor of taking his date Terry off in, into the dark place where they could have some privacy. Well, I guess I'll be there plus one, I thought. As I walked under the moon, the blade of my weapon shined beautifully, proudly, like the blade itself knew, knew it was now time for her to prove herself. As the wind blew, through my hair, my smile faded and my mood changed. I was suddenly brought back to why I was here tonight. Pussy was the last thing I heard when I was cracked in the face with a cracked in the face by the the seven pound earth science book thrown by Jonathan John Rotero, the best baseball pitcher in the state of Colorado. I remember waking up in a small pool of blood on the cafeteria floor with my own hair covering my face and watery eyes. I mostly saw shoes going in and out of my vision. And when I came fully aware of people jumping up and down full of laughter, I instantly became full of rage. And that's when I decided I would take John's life. Believe it or not, John and I started as friends. Well, relatively anyways. Because of our last name resemblance, we shared the same class for statewide school testing. Every year. Now I'm no brainiac by no means. Too nerd, no brainiac by no means. And by no means was 
statewide standardized testing, a test for geniuses. But like clockwork, every year the dumb jock sat next to the nerdy, the too nerdy and too needy nerd, me, kid that just wanted a friend and acted cool. Dare I even say nice just so he can copy and not ruin his chance of getting kicked off of the baseball team. So, of course, I would let him. One, because I didn't care. But two, and most importantly, I felt cool when he was nice to me. Even if he was using me and it was only two weeks out of the school year, out of a nine-month school year. I felt for once like I fit in. He really was manipulative, passing notes about enormous about the enormous breast Mrs. Bates had or the skirt that the new girl forgot to pull down before she sat and we could see her rosy pink panties. I would snort and cover my mouth so we didn't get caught laughing. It was so funny and yet so brief because just as it's just as he started, he stopped and continued with another year-long bashing of any kid that wasn't of his quote-unquote level. He was a fucking meathead jock that screwed girls at the house parties littered with booze and marijuana. And every single year, I fell for it. I would do... I would. It would go exactly like this. Hey, Spence. Look, sorry about sh- shoving you in the locker and Showing you in the locker and leaving you there overnight. Oh, oh, I'm sorry for uh, dumping milk over your head in the quad in front of the whole damn school. You know, it's just kid shit. We're buddies, right? That's what he'd always say. We're buddies, right? Right. Right before he stuck out his arms for an embrace. Then with my low thought of myself and non-existent self-esteem, I'd nervously give him a hug and enjoy the best two weeks of my life, free from taunting and bullying. Then again, like clockwork, after the final portion of testing, I'd get chased home by him and his hooligans and his raised brand new cherry red Toyota Tacoma. They would throw eggs at me and I'd have to go home and nurse wounds while washing egg yolks out of my hair. But as I started up, but but as I stared up at the lights of the ceiling in the cafeteria earlier today, I decided enough was enough, and I was going to find a way to end Mr. Rotero. And wouldn't you know it, not long after I came face to face with the Earth Science book, while I was in the bathroom stall crying like a loser, like the loser that I'd become, a couple of John's teammates come into the lock come into the restroom to smoke some weed and I overhear about a bitching ass party at the bluffs tonight. As I sniffled and tried not to further injure my tender and probably fractured orbital bone, something very deep inside of me started to brighten up. I'm not exactly I'm not exactly sure why or better yet how it happened, but I suddenly wasn't sad anymore. 
Actually, I think I was starting to feel happy. I came out of the stall after they left and looked at myself in the mirror and I was slightly frightened at what I saw. There was a hair matted and out of place hanging over my face. The beginning of a swollen black eye forming and underneath it all, a kind of devilish grin that I can't really describe. Had I snapped? Maybe. Had I finally gone crazy? I don't know exactly. The only thing I do know is that I liked it, and I liked it a lot. All doubt in myself gone. Fear? What the fuck is that? I am supposed, I am supreme, I am powerful, and I am a predator, and I'm going to hunt John down and put my knife through his spine and out of his navel. I soon was so I was so surged with energy that I had a new I had screamed yes at the top of my lungs until it was echoing off the bathroom walls and out of the empty hallways. After buying my blade, I hurried home like a six-year-old expectant of a new puppy. Mom, I'm home, I yelled as I burst through the front door and blazed up the stairs to my room. I ripped through the packaging box and all its plastic shrubbery and whoa, there she was, a pigskin handled eraser of men. My redemption tool, my, my, my fuck. I don't know what else to call it. Oh, Mary. Yeah, Mary. My crush from school that doesn't even know I exist. Me and Mary are going to go to the bluff tonight and make love for the first time. We are going to come together as one and rid this world of this vermin named John. I make my way down the side of the bluff where I have the cup where I have the cover of night. Try not to kill myself on the jagged rocks on my way down. I make careful slow steps as I hear the giggles of Terry. I can't allow either one of them to hear me as I approach or I'm toast. Outside of baseball, John is also lettered in wrestling and he'd blast me into the ocean if he saw me. I wait and as I listen to my prey woo Terry out of her panties, the ambient sounds of the waves are crashing against the bluff side. I bring Mary up and in, bring Mary out and up into the ready position. I hear Terry moaning and I know it's time. I peek around the corner and see more of John than I'd ever wanted to, stuffing himself into Terry, who with legs wide open is enjoying herself. I creep forward slowly and gently aware of each step, but eyes keenly on Mary's final destination. Terry is louder now as John pumps harder and harder. Oh my God, Terry screams in orgasmic pleasure and John pumps until shit. 
He howls at the sky and there's a thud sound. It's the sound that Mary makes as she makes her her debut right into John's back in between his third and fourth rib. Ah! John yells as, as the waves crash against the side of the bluff again. I yank Mary out quickly and plunge into him again as he's still paralyzed from the first entrance. John tries to yell again, but the blood in his throat stops him. His eyes widen as he chokes on himself. Terry screams and bear crawls her way to a beach boulder ten feet away. John turns over on his back looking up at me in terror, still coughing up blood, and my dick is hard as a rock. What the fuck is wrong with you? Terry screams from what she thinks is a safe haven. But I can't move. Not an inch. I'm transfixed on John. I'm I'm transfixed on all the blood and body Possesses, I'm transfixed. Um, wait, wait, I'm transfixed on all the blood, the body, that the body possesses. I'm transfixed on the blade, on Mary. Terry scurries quickly to her bra and out the cave. And me, I watch as John desperately takes what is going to be his last breath. As he lies there, naked as the day he entered the world. I wonder what could John have been if I didn't just take his life in cold blood. Maybe a famous baseball player. Maybe a wealthy business owner. What could he have been if he hadn't picked on the wrong nerd before he got fed up and did something about it? And what could I have been? Maybe a tech guru. Maybe the next Steve Jobs. Maybe I could have been a genius whiz kid who made friends and knew how to talk about knew how to talk to girls maybe 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 I guess we'll both never know alright ladies and gentlemen uh, that is murder on Laguna Beach now I know like it seems all over the place but it's because it is it's a uh, first draft <laughs> but um I think there's a beginning, middle, and end, and we got uh, the elements that need to be told in a story. Obviously, it needs a lot of primping and crimping and all that other stuff, but this is just a fun episode to just tell another story that I wrote, and I literally got those, what, two or three words from my wife, murder on Laguna Beach, four words, and that was that. That's what I came up with off of murder on Laguna Beach. It's so crazy what happens to a writer when you have a, a an ideal in your head and you can turn it into something. Uh, it still fascinates me. I'm, I'm, I mean, obviously, I'm still a very, very green writer, as you can see. I'm very, very green, very, very new. And I have some things to... Uh, obviously, I can make this better with more editing and stuff. But, um, yeah, I just think it's uh, cool once my wife said that all these different scenarios and the blade and the pigskin and the getting bullied in the cafeteria and um, uh, 
standing over atop of the cliff looking at all the kids, the rich kids. Um, like, I can see it. I can see it. And um, I'm fascinated with it. I love writing. Uh, it's it's a, it's something that's a challenging to me because you have to come up with all these different thoughts and scenarios and stuff. But it's just so beautiful when it comes together as something. And um, that's what I got for murdering on Laguna Beach. And um, like I said, I know it's green and I know it's raw, but I, I hope you liked the general concept. I hope that you can visualize it while I was reading it. And um, I know I had a lot of reading errors as well. But um, yeah, man. Murder on Laguna Beach, written and recited by Michael Anthony McMillan. Um, if you want to get a hold of me, you want to contact me, um, uh, I have a n- new professional email. It's michaelmcmillan562 at gmail.com. Um, I am still on Instagram as Michael the Creator, at Michael the Creator. Thinking about changing that, but at Michael the Creator, if you just put my name, Michael McMillan, in there, it should come up anyway. And um, YouTube channel should be showing some some stuff in the future and everything. But I, I'm working on my stuff. You know, I really wanted to do something extremely profound this year. And um, I think uh, writing 18 and getting prepared to shoot it in 2022. My other journeys of weight loss and stuff like that. I think it's all coming together. So keep on working, keep on striving. And most of all, keep on writing. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of dialogue heavy with yours truly michael anthony mcmillan and i will get at y'all soon peace